What do you think is the most essential ingredient needed when crafting a story for your business? Let me give you a hint. Mark Twain once said, a great speech is not what you leave in, but what you take out. This applies to storytelling too. So if you guessed the most essential ingredient is your skill as an editor, you're right. Whether you're telling a story as part of a conversation or part of a speech, if you're not a great editor, your story will likely miss the mark. So please, if you want them to be worth listening to, don't write or tell another story in your business until you tune into this episode and discover the number one thing you must do when editing your business stories. Hi, I'm Deirdre Van Nest, and you're listening to the Crazy Good Talks podcast. I created this podcast because I'm obsessed with helping financial professionals and entrepreneurs like you express yourself in a way that attracts and wins you more business. Plus, I want to help you make a huge impact on the lives of others. That's why each episode is packed with actionable strategies to help develop your speaking, storytelling, and content creation skills. Skills that allow you to effortlessly make emotional connections with your ideal clients. I'm so excited to take you on this journey because when you learn these skills, your influence and your impact will be limitless. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hey there and welcome. I have not done a solo episode in a while, so I'm excited. It's just going to be you and me today. And well, of course, Patrice. Say hi, Patrice. Hey. Hi, Patrice. Hey, Deirdre. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you? How are you today? Great to be here. And if you're new to the show, Patrice is my producer. And when I'm solo, I like to bring her into the conversation. It makes it more lively. So before I reveal the number one thing you must do when editing your stories, I have something to share with you that I'm really excited about, and it ties directly in with today's content. So for years, Crazy Good Talks has been primarily what I would call a a training organization. We would train financial professionals and entrepreneurs on how to make an impact when you speak, right? How to be a great presenter, how to be a great storyteller. And for years, clients would say to us, Deirdre, can't can't you just write my stories for me? This is hard. There's a lot to (laughs) learn, right? Patrice, it is hard. It's hard. Yes. Right? There's a lot to learn. I'm business running my, my I'm, I'm busy running my business and I get the value of stories. I know I need to be telling them, but I don't want to try to learn how to do this. And, and I just don't think I'm any good at it. And my answer for years was like, no, like we, we, we're the, we're the teach you to fish, not fish for you type of organization. Um, I can teach you to do it, but I don't, I don't write them for you. And then, um, Through a series of events, I decided uh, about a year and a half ago, about a year, I guess, a year and a half ago, that I wanted to make some changes in my business. I was open to making some changes and I didn't know what that looked like though. And I was just, I was just open, kind of like listening to God and waiting. And I get this call uh, in April of 2021 and a client says to me, Deirdre, I love this storytelling thing. I'm in your storytelling course, but quite frankly, I don't have the time the skill or the inclination to learn how to write these stories. Can't you just write them for me? (laughs) (laughs) And Deirdre said? And Deirdre said, well, maybe we can. And a whole new part of our company was born. 
So what I did was I, I, I just kind of went back to the team and I was like, hey, this is the request. We've been getting this request. Like, what if, what if we actually did this? And so we've put together this entire service offering called Asset Creation. And why we call it Asset Creation is your stories, when they're strategic, are assets in your business. Your stories, think of them as team members. Like my stories are working for me whether I'm there or not. I can't tell you the number of people when they hire me to be a keynoter or even individuals hire me to work with me. And I say, uh, like, why did you hire me? They'll be like, because of your story. Yeah. And if I'm, if they're hiring me for a keynote, oftentimes it's someone who heard me before who recommended me to someone and they'll say, you're going to share your story, right? And so your stories will precede you and they will, they will live long after you're gone. Years later, I'll run into people and they'll be like, I still remember like your, your, your signature why story. And so they become assets. They become part of your business development and your client relationship team, but only if you're telling the right stories and they're crafted well. And so in this asset creation service, we actually identify and then write two strategic business stories for you. We coach you on your delivery. So you're delivering them with that emotional impact. And then we give you a playbook to show you how to use this asset as a cornerstone in your business everywhere you communicate, whether it's in person, online, whether it's the spoken word or the written word. Deirdre, how do you find somebody's story? Oh, that's going to be another episode, Patrice. <laughs> we don't have time <laughs> right. for that because that that actually the, the editing the editing uh, process we're going to talk about today is probably the second biggest mistake people make when crafting their story. The first is not knowing how to identify your story and then telling the wrong story. If you tell the wrong story in business, it's going to be a miss. It's almost worse than not telling a story. And we've talked about this before, Patrice, with TMI, too much information, yes. right? You've been in the audience where a speaker's telling a story and you're like, what? why are you telling this to me? Yeah, yeah. Where right? are you going? Where are you going with this? I, I was at a, at a conference recently and I, I sat in on a presentation and the speaker had a really compelling story, but it wasn't tied to the topic he was supposed to be speaking on. And it oh. lost my interest immediately. And it sounded self-serving. It sounded like, do you even know that I'm sitting here in the audience? Or are you here just to talk all about you? That is a turnoff right there. It's a total turnoff. And this person was a beautiful, amazing person. Like you could tell they had a heart. They were super caring. And it was breaking my heart because all he had to do was tweak a few things. And, and this could have just rocked the house. So you, you want to make sure you have the right story, but we will get into that in another, in another episode. What I wanted to say, the reason why I bring up asset creation, well, I bring up asset creation for two reasons, because if you, my is confused about this subject, you don't want to monkey around with this and you want an amazing masterfully crafted story that you can start using within 30 days to attract your ideal clients and to sell people without sounding salesy, we would absolutely love to help you. We would love to work with you. And so the way that you can learn more about the asset creation service is to uh, go to our website, crazygoodtalks.com, or we have a special page for this service called the 60 minute story. So six zero minute story.com. I call it the 60 minute story not because you're telling a 60 minute story because it only takes 60 minutes of your time. We interview you for 60 minutes 
And then we do the rest of the work. So it's a really, we designed it to be a really light lift for you, our clients. But on, as, a, as a quick note, there's two types of stories. I mentioned there's two types of stories every business owner needs to be telling. Those are called your why story and your desire story. So I want to point you to episodes five and six of this podcast. Go back to those episodes and I will go in great detail on what those two story types are. So at least you can start identifying what types of stories are going to work with your clients. So the way that this ties in to what we're talking about today is that over the years, I've done a lot of writing and editing. But now, because we started this asset creation service, I am spending a a lot of time reviewing stories, identifying stories, editing stories, and teaching my team how to write better stories. And I can tell you the difference between a crazy good story and every other story is not the subject matter of the story. Like the subject matter, quite frankly, is almost irrelevant. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That might be really surprising, but so many audience members and clients say to me, but Deirdre, I don't have a riveting why story like yours. Will anyone want to listen to or care about my story? And yes, if your story is well-crafted, they will. I would absolutely rather listen to a well-crafted story about an everyday mundane life experience that relates very directly to the point you're trying to make and your audience than a a drama-filled story that meanders, that is full of details that aren't needed, that feels like it's just about the speaker and seems like it has nothing to do with the point at hand. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I want something compelling. Yes. And compelling. I once heard Doug Stevenson, who, who's a master storyteller, tell a story about giving his dog a pill. <laughs> and it was interesting. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's not much more mundane than that. If you've ever done it, you know, there's a lot more there. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. And so some of the best stories are things like that, very relatable, everyday things that happen, but they're so good because they're masterfully crafted, right? On the flip side, this conference I was at recently, the speaker I was just referencing earlier, his story, there were so many interesting elements. I mean, but I was lost and bored and quite honestly, a bit annoyed because I felt like, wow, you're not even relating this to us. So don't get super hung up on the the subject matter of the story. Where you do need to be hung up is on the editing of the story. So there are two huge misses that make a story bad. The first, as we we mentioned earlier, we'll we'll again do this in another episode, is you must identify the proper story. Okay, you got to do that. But let's just assume that is done. We have the right story. Then the the second miss and what we're going to focus on today is knowing what details stay in the story. And as Mark Twain said, more importantly, which details to take out. So the number one editing skill you have to develop is what they say in writing circles, to kill your darling. Oh no, the darling. I know. And you're you're a writer, so you know what this means, right? What does it mean to you? What what does it mean to you, Patrice? It means having a wonderfully crafted phrase and you look at it and you say, I want it, I love it, I want to keep it, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. 
And you know what? In this episode, I'm even bringing this down to a to a more base level than that. You know, a lot of times, what I find when I'm working with clients and editing stories, it's not even necessarily a wonderfully crafted phrase. It's details that they want in the story that are important to them, but they're not important to anybody else. So I want to use this this terminology to kill your darlings very globally. And basically what it means is you must kill parts of the story, even if you love it, that don't serve the audience and the point of the story. Don't meander. Yeah, because if you don't take those pieces out, you're going to create stories that lose people and completely miss your intended purpose. So let's let's take this a little further. I want to I want to give you this scenario. So one of the places I love to travel to is Costa Rica. Have you ever been there, Patrice? No, I have not. Okay. No. So the weather there is basically two climates, hot and hotter. <laughs> <laughs> I could use that about now. Yes, I'm so with you. I'm so with you. It's very cold in Minneapolis today. I don't know what Jersey's like, but Minneapolis is windy and cold and icy. Um, but Costa Rica, when I go there, I can count on hot or hotter. So when, when you travel, you obviously take a suitcase, correct? Yes. Okay. And the suitcase, if you're bringing it on the plane, you have size constraints. Mm-hmm. And if you're checking it, you have weight constraint, yes. right? And the suitcase is the container for all of the things that need to come on your trip. So let's pretend for a moment you are, I don't like to check luggage, so let's just pretend we're not checking it. We're taking on taking a carry-on on the plane. So you have a limited amount of space. And if you're going to a climate that's hot or hotter, and last week you live in Minneapolis like I do or Jersey like you, and you just bought a brand new winter coat that you absolutely love. Like you look so darn good in this coat. <laughs> you feel so good in this coat. It keeps you so warm. Are you going to waste your space in that suitcase jamming in that winter coat when you're going to Costa Rica and it's hot and hotter? Of course not. No, you're not going to bring a winter coat to Costa Rica because if you do, you don't have room for your bathing suit, your sunscreen, your shorts, and your t-shirts. It takes up space that you don't have. In the same way, when you put details in a story, a story is a container. You only have a certain amount of space, which is basically your audience's attention. How skilled you are as a storyteller will depend on how much space you have. Okay. But for most people, your space is going to be anywhere between 30 seconds and three minutes. So that means you only pack the relevant details. Every single word has to matter. It has to enhance the story. It has to enhance the audience's connection to you. And it has to relate to the concepts, uh, concepts you're teaching or solutions you're providing. It has to be useful. Otherwise, you're taking a winter coat on your trip to Costa Rica. Okay. So hopefully that's a helpful way to think about this concept of why killing your darlings and getting rid of things that you love or are unnecessary is so critical in storytelling. So what are your darlings? Like what is considered not useful? Well, let's look at two main categories to break this down. The first is what I call distracting details. Okay. So a, a, a distracting detail is a detail that would distract from the main point of the story. 
Okay. And a lot of times those details are actually really important life details. And I'll give examples in a minute, right? Like these are important parts of what happened in a situation and what happened to someone, but they're not relevant to help the audience understand the concept, to move the audience, move forward. And in fact, if you share it, you're going to distract from the main point you're trying to make. So let me give you, let me give you a couple of examples. So the first one is from my own life. So one of the stories that I share is uh, when I'm speaking in financial services about why I'm obsessed with helping them help more people is losing my mom in a car accident and my dad, my dad almost dying too in the car accident. And what I don't share, Patrice, in that story, you've heard me talk about this before. What I don't share is the way my mom was killed. My, I don't share how the car accident occurred. And that's a strategic choice because my mom was killed by a cop on a high-speed chase. No, I did not. I didn't. No. Oh, did you, you maybe didn't even know that. You've heard me tell no. the story. Ah, okay. <laughs> this is great then. So tell me why, um, why do you think that's a distracting detail? Why don't I share that? Well, it's not really relevant to you and to your experience. Yeah. I mean, it's not relevant to why I love helping financial professionals, but why else don't I share it? It's a detail that takes away from the story. It absolutely does, because people have strong opinions about that subject matter. And it's going to leave them going, oh, my God, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Whatever it is, they're going to have it's going to stir up a lot of emotion about something I don't want stirring emotion on. When you tell stories, you want to st you want to stir emotion. You have to be very strategic about what emotion you're trying mm. to stir and for what reason. So getting people stirred up because they're pissed off yeah, yeah. about that is not where I want them in my presentation. I want them focusing on what we're trying to accomplish. I want them focusing, I want them focusing on what we're trying to accomplish, not stirring their anger up about that situation. The other thing that distracting details does, it leaves people very curious. Like I, if I were to say she was killed on a high-speed chase by a cop, all of a sudden, when I do share this with people like one-on-one, -on -one, they want to know all the details. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. what happened, right? You're probably wondering that too. Like what happened? What happened to the officer? What blah, 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 this and that. I mean, there's all the, with the lights on, with the sirens on, there's all these questions. So if you give a distracting detail, all of a sudden you have ripped the listener away from you and they're in their head and they can't even focus on what you're saying because they're wondering about all these other things. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, another example, I was talking to an advisor just recently and he heard me you know, speak on storytelling and he started telling me his story and his story was about losing his dad at a young age. And so he tells me the story which was totally relevant to his point about why he's in, in the business he's in and why he likes to help people. But then he lays this on me. His dad disappeared and they never found him. Oh, well, the big question is, how did he disappear? Hey, yes. Yeah, so that's yeah. very distracting, right? You're, I, I'm still thinking about it and it is weeks later. And, and so you could say, well, you want people thinking about your story weeks later. Y yes, but not, not like that. Not like that. Not like that. You don't want to. 
Go ahead. Yeah. Just, that, that's not the point you want them to that's remember. Exactly. That is not the point you want them <laughs> to remember. Exactly. That's not the point you want them to remember. And you don't want to leave open loops. So I, I, I advised him. I said, okay, your story is, is, is great. Um, I can tell it's very heartfelt. It totally makes the point. But you, when you tell it, you cannot leave. You cannot put that detail in. You just say, I lost my dad. Do not get into he disappeared. We never found him um, because that is going to take people off the course. And that was something he's like, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize that. I, I didn't realize I should leave that out. And so this is where a lot of stories can go off the rails is just because it's important to you and it's a big de detail in your life doesn't mean it needs to be shared with the audience in the story. Now, kill your darlings. Tip number two is, and these are sneaky. These are really sneaky. Watch out for what I call cluttering deca details. Cluttering details are details that just clutter up the story. They don't take the direct route. So if we're talking about going from Minneapolis to Costa Rica, I want to go from Minneapolis to Costa Rica when I'm looking for a flight, right? And I want to have a great experience on the flight, but I don't want to go from Minneapolis to New York to Costa Rica, mm -hmm. even if I'd have a great experience going from Minneapolis to New York. I want, <laughs> right? I want the direct great experience. Right. And so what a lot of storytellers do is they meander. They tell us too much backstory. They tell us all the details leading up to the main exciting part of the story. Leave those details out. They are not important for your audience to get the point. So let me give you an example. In the story that I share about my mom and my dad being in the car accident, um, when I get to the point, you know, I, I talk about how my mom died, which, which by the way, if you want to see, if you want to see this story, you can go to my website, crazygoodtalks.com. If you click on the about tab, there'll be a section that says Deirdre's story. And then there's two videos on there. And one of them says uh, something like why I'm passionate about helping financial professionals. You can click on that video and you'll, you'll hear this story. But a piece of the story is where I explained what happened to my dad. And, and here's what I say. I say, Ray, on the other hand, was thrown through the front windshield and flew 60 feet in the air, landing on the other side of the four-lane highway. In fact, he was so far from the accident scene that rescue workers didn't even know he was in the car initially. It wasn't until they were packing up to go that one of them pointed and said, what's that pile of clothes doing? on the other side of the highway. And that pile of clothes was Ray's broken body. But thankfully, due to divine intervention and heroic medical efforts, Ray lived. He was out of work for many months, but eventually he was able to go back to work and care for his girls. Now, that was the shortest route I could take and still put some interesting details in there Patrice, to make it an engaging emotional experience without mm -hmm. going off the rails. So notice what I didn't do. What a lot of speakers would do is they would, they would talk about him being thrown. They would talk about the rescue workers finding him. And then what they would do is they would say, so they rushed him to the hospital and on the hospital at the hospital was a doctor, Dr. D Barry Castle. And Dr. Barry Castle realized he had a choice to make. He had to either rip Ray open right then and there without anesthesia or wait for the anesthesiologist and risk Ray dying. 
And so, you know, and then I'd get into that whole thing. Does that make sense? Right. And it might even right. get into the hospital stay and all the injuries. But I don't do that. I skip from the rescue workers found him and fortunately he lived. And that's it. You don't need all those other details. The most important thing is for you to know what happened to him, not what happened in between. And so you've got to get rid of those cluttering details that just take up space. Again, think of the Costa Rica coat. Yeah, think of the goal and don't worry about the emotion. No, you got to make it emotional. Like when I talk about him flying 60 feet right. in the air, right. right? That's a visceral visual response, landing on the other side of the highway. When I talk about rescue workers didn't even know he was there until they said, what, what's that pile of clothes doing on the other side of the highway? That's, emo that's all mm -hmm. emotional, right? I'm tapping into your senses there. So no, stories have to be emotional. You have to get rid of the details that actually really aren't emotional and don't lend anything to the story. They don't support or uplift the point. They actually get in the way of the emotion. All those details actually get in the way of the emotion. Okay. All right. So how do you get better at this skill? Because clearly this is a learned skill. Most people, myself included, are not born knowing how to do this. Okay. So do not expect yourself to do it if you never do it. It's kind of like riding a bike. You have to actually do it and practice it and fall and be bad at it before <laughs> you can start to get good at it. So, and you're a writer, Patrice, you know this, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So I want to encourage you to just start where you are, but here are a couple of tips for how to get better at this and start developing this muscle. So the, per the first is write a story, just dump everything out. Don't, don't edit, don't filter, dump everything out, share it with a trusted friend or colleague and ask them these questions and have them listen to you. If you're going to be speaking this story, have them listen to you, read it to them. If it's going to be a written story, then have them read it. But here, here's, here are two questions you want to ask. The first is, are there any parts of the story that confused you or bored you? Any parts of the story that bored or confused you? And then let them tell you and tell them you want them to be honest with you. This isn't, you're not doing this for validation. You're doing this mm -hmm. for input. So if there's parts, and there probably will be, those are typically your cluttering details. You got to get them out. That's where people get bored, confused, and lost. Mm -hmm. Cut out those cluttering details. That's question one. Question two, were there any parts of the story that took you down a path thinking about something else? Are there any parts of the story that took you down a path and got you thinking about something else? That is a distracting detail. And that is a brilliant way to talk yeah. about it. That is a brilliant way yeah, to talk about good. it. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. You want them locked and loaded on you and the whole point and this particular story. You don't want their brain going off in another direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the first thing. Write the story. Share the story with a friend or a colleague, and then uh, ask them those two questions. The second thing, and this is what I do, this is one of the ways that I've gotten to be a better editor and a better writer, is challenge yourself to hit certain word counts. So a really small example is Twitter. I mean, I have a love-hate with Twitter, and I think probably most people who use it do. Yeah. <laughs> it annoys the heck out of me that you only get 140 characters, and that's one of the things I love about it. Because 
it challenges me to be a better writer. It challenges me to be a better editor. It's like a game to me, Patrice, Mm -hmm. when I can get what I want to say in 140 characters. It's amazing. Challenge yourself to do that. Give yourself a bigger writing uh, project and but have a certain amount of words. So when we're creating uh, an asset creation, when we're creating the why and the desire stories for our clients, it's a max of 450 words. And that's because that's about two to three minutes of talking. So we don't want it longer than that, particularly for video. And that's about 2,600 characters with spaces so we can get it on LinkedIn. So we are, we are strict on our 450 word max, give or take right. a few words. And so oftentimes I might get a story from one of my writers that has 475 words and I got to cut it down. And so for me, it's a super fun game to keep going, keep going. You wouldn't believe how much useless stuff we put in stories, right? I mean, it is like useless. And even with my own work, a lot of times I'll edit it and think, oh, this is, this is perfect. It's great. And then I'll go back and be like, what is that doing there? So walk away a few times and come back, but challenge yourself to write to a certain word maximum or minimum. Like, no, maximum, right? Maximum. Yeah. Yep. Maximum. Yep. yep. Maximum. And that will help you become a better writer and a better editor. And I want to wrap up with this. There's a there's a a quote by Blaise Pascal who said, "I would have written you a shorter letter if only I'd had the time." <laughs> I love that, it's right? <laughs> it is so true. It is much harder to write a 60-second story than a 10-minute story. Oh, yes. Right? Uh, it's harder for me to write a Twitter post than a LinkedIn post. Yes. So, it takes time. It just takes time and, and, and set the time to do this because the rewards on the other side are absolutely worth that time. The rewards on the other side is that you will move your stories from eh, okay, or even good to crazy, crazy good. And with that, I'm going to ask you a favor. If you like this episode, I would appreciate it if you would post on social media and tell your friends. Um, we are really looking at growing our listenership. We've been getting a lot of emails from people saying how valuable the content in the podcast has been for them, and it's helping change their, their speaking and their storytelling skills. And I want to I want to be able to give that gift to as many people as possible. So if you'd share, I would be incredibly grateful. And I will, uh, I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Good Talks podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered in this podcast represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Accelerated Performance, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.